0: Hello, it is ACC basketball report number 47 It was a snowy, shitty weekend in Clayton I did not feel like getting off the couch yesterday I definitely did not feel like getting off the couch after I saw the end of that Patriots game What a shit show that was You know, but they struggle every time they go down to Miami So <clears throat> it is what it is um, It took a beating against the spread yesterday in NFL Woo! Not a good week for Cone not a good week for Cohn. Uh, I gotta, you know, but it's Monday. The snow is basically gone. It's raining like a motherfucker, though. Um, great show for you guys today. I thought. Uh, and information all over the place. We got injuries, recruiting, um, <laughs> uh, the week in review, obviously Stockwatch ACCBR player of the week. I rail against one of these program schedules at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Um, you know. If, if you're a fan of one of the Commonwealth teams, pay attention. But, uh, and you know, I show some love to, to our, uh, to, to the program that has, I mean, does Florida state, is that, is that racist? Okay. You know, the Washington Redskins is racist. The Florida state Seminoles, is that racist? Is it, is it racist because the Redskins are slang and the Seminoles are actually a tribe? I don't know, i'm I'm seriously asking. I, I'm, I just I've been I've been spending way too much time on Yahoo lately and seeing all this social justice shit just going absolutely crazy. I saw something of a French teacher today got fired um, in his dealings with you know dealing with a transgender ninth grader, which apparently there are transgender ninth graders. fourteen year old kids are you know, okay. All right. This is not this type of podcast. This is not the medium for that. So, <clears throat> talk about talk about where I was right, RJ Barrett. Talk about where I was wrong. Uh, potentially Louisville. Um, talk about more about what I was right. Jordan Noor Okay, guys, just putting up numbers relentlessly. Uh, talk about Georgia Tech. I get on my soapbox a little bit. I tried to keep it to a minimum. I realized that I was doing it, and I jumped off. But not before I probably pissed off all my buddies at GT Swarm. Um, and I talk about Notre Dame fans being A bit quick on the trigger Um, and you know, a a couple guys on Twitter Spoil it for everybody else It's the same thing, like I said, about being a Patriots fan I hate admitting that I'm a Patriots fan Because 10% of Patriots fans make the rest of us Look like fucking idiots Um, and I think that's probably what we have here With Notre Dame Um, you know, some people talking smack About their freshmen being garbage Which, one of the best recruiting classes in the country And you're calling them garbage Hey, you know, I was talking to a uh, buddy of mine the other day Not everybody can be Zion Williamson Okay, the kid is a freak of nature These kids were playing High school ball a year ago Okay, now they're playing at the ACC level Now they're playing on the road In Poly Pavilion, okay It's the house that Wooden built After they played at MSG For the Gotham Classic, okay Go ahead and try to live that life Right before finals week At Notre Dame Alright Maybe you fans, maybe you guys ought to fuck off a little bit. All right? Um, now, now that I've done all that and I've already sworn four times and my new listeners that showed up today probably already turned it off. Uh, episode number 47, don't forget, like, rate, review, share, retweet the podcast, leave me a five-star review. Um, slapassign.com for Notre Dame fans. GTSwom.com for my pregame previews. I did not get one up against Florida A&M because that's a game we should win by 40. And... There's just no notes to be given to be a waste of damn time I am on a new website Starting in the coming weeks Um Rambling wreck report It's gonna be Me and Reeves Guyton Which if you guys follow me on Twitter At on 36 Me and Reeves go back and forth A little bit every now and then On my uh Impatience with the Georgia Tech program So it's gonna be interesting Um For those of you following On Twitter yesterday Follow that account already Um what is it? R rec report, capital R, W R E C K report on Twitter. Um, that was me tweeting yesterday, live tweeting during the game. So I mean, some of you already picked up on it, <laughs> given the way that I talk about G Tech sometimes. But uh, anyway, check me out there during the games. I'll probably be the one live tweeting. You'll also see some of my stuff go up on their website. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking, I, I like to debate. This is what some of you guys don't understand. I had to tell some people that that. You know, I, I like Reeves, uh, but we're on the we're on a different side. Just like, uh, <clears throat> just like uh, Connell at Thriller at Dome forever. I, I like Shane is a good dude, and but he's the opposite kind of fan that I am. I'm a malcontent. I'm a pessimist. Um, I want to win, and I want it now. I don't want to hear the labor pains. I just want to see the baby. So. But it's, it's fun for me. It's not so much fun for Shane. He kind of just slaps me around every now and then tells me to smarten the fuck up, which is kind of funny. But anyway, um, look for me there. Slap a sign, GT Swarm, ACC Basketball Report. I am at PCON36 on Twitter, ACC Basketball Report on Facebook. Go check me out there. I'm going to stop rambling. This is the ACC Basketball Report. I left Montgomery on North 65 I was restless and ready To give Nashville a try I rolled into town with a sound of my own Somewhere between Jennings and John. Hello ladies and gentlemen, it Pecone 36, I am Michael Hunter, this is the ACC Basketball Report, wanted to jump right in today because I'm probably going to waste all kinds of time on the intro, uh, Right into some recruiting, uh, Vernon Carey commits to Duke, as we all know, number three player in the 2019 class, you know, I, I wrote a little, little write up on this the other day. Duke recruiting is alive and well. That now gives them three five-star guys for the 2019 class: a big man, a wing, and a guard that can score. You know the typical makeup of what we're seeing. You know Duke basketball each season get after. Um, you know may have missed on some of their top their top targets, their top tier guys. But uh, I mean, you can't argue with these results. You know three top 26 guys and more. Ellis and Vernon Carey, and they're not done yet. They're still going after Isaiah Stewart. Uh, one thing that I'm you know, that I'm appreciating, I guess, is get a lot of feedback from you guys. One thing that I did miss on Wednesday's show was the reclassification of Anthony Edwards has gone from the 2020 class to the 2019 class. A buddy shot me a DM on Twitter the other day reminding me of that. Uh, he immediately becomes the number one prospect in the 2019 class. For those of you who don't know, he's a six-five guard out of Georgia. His first official visit will be to UGA. And then, um, you know, on in, in one publication, the ACC schools remaining were Duke, Florida State, North Carolina, among some others. UCLA, Kansas, Kentucky, you know, all the typical stuff. Um, you know, this is another Atlanta kid that Georgia Tech has no shot at. Um, I'm not sure why I'm still surprised by that, but it, each time it just blows my mind how many kids come out of Georgia that Georgia Tech just... These kids don't have any interest in tech basketball at all And, you know, the, the administration at Georgia Tech Just could not fucking care less um, Stockrisers, which is a website run by Jake Weingarten um, Is reporting that Edwards' final four visits outside of Georgia Will be Duke, Florida State, Kansas, and Michigan State um, You know, Jake is pretty well known In, in recruiting circles throughout Twitter So... Um, I'm not gonna say that's gospel, but I'd be willing to bet that he's probably right. Um, <clears throat> I think that was also uh, was also reported by USA Today I think is where else I saw that. Kudus uh, Wahab uh, makes his dishes in this coming Thursday. His final five is Yukon Pitt Syracuse, Virginia Tech and Georgetown. Now I got into a, a I don't know probably a three or four message conversation with a guy on Twitter the other day. You know, I said that, you know, UConn, they just signed Acock Acock, who is a big 6'11 defensive center. Um, Georgetown has Malcolm Wilson coming in, in 2019, though he's kind of a bit of a project. Virginia Tech has two power forwards coming in. Both of them are undersized. Um, and, you know, he kind of came back. I can't remember this guy's name, but he kind of came back at me that Wahab is a true center where Acock Acock is a, is a shooter, a stretch four type player. I don't know if I'm buying that. He can shoot it. But he's also a defensive five, where he may play offense as a stretch four. I don't know if I see Wahab and Acock Acock playing together. Um, certainly, Georgetown is an option. I mean, every big man wants to go uh, play for, some would say, the best big man to ever live. And Patrick Ewing, I would say it's Olajuwon. But um, let's also not forget that right now, currently sitting out at Georgetown... Is or seven the transfer from from North Carolina State? You know, I think this is the big man that Jeff Capel needs to go along with Trey McGowan's Xavier Johnson, Tony. Um, you know, possibly. You know, I think Terrell Brown will probably. I don't know. It'd be a race between Terrell Brown and this Wahab kid. But uh, you know, Pitt's big men play play hard right now. Kenny Chakwuka is. If you're a Pitt fan, you love him because he plays hard. I think he shoots too many threes. I think he's a little emotional, gets in foul trouble sometimes. But this kid, this Wahhab kid, is talented. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm going to go all the limb and I'm saying it's Pitt. I, I think he's going to end up at Pitt. I, I just it's either going to be Pitt or Syracuse is, is my belief. And you know, Pitt still has a shot at Kofi Cockburn. Jeff Capel's number one priority has obviously been to open up that New York pipeline, and he is hammering. New York kids with offers and visits. So eventually he's going to do that. And if you guys remember, that is what made uh, Sean Miller, Ben Howland, that's what made these guys really successful at Pitt. Um, I'm sorry, (laughs) Ben Howland specifically, successful at Pitt. Jamie Dixon specifically uh, early on had that New York pipeline when they were still, when Pitt was still in the Big East. Pitt was a huge factor in the New York recruiting scene. Um, Cole Anthony took an unexpected official visit. Uh, to UNC this past week Now when you know you may Recall recall in earlier Episodes this offseason I said That the, the Cole Anthony and Boogie Ellis Recruiting situation were Not intentionally tied together but they definitely Impacted each other when Ellis committed To Duke I figured That Duke was out um, You know though Ellis and Anthony are Certainly capable of being on the court together they can Both play the two they can both play the one um, That's that definitely not Doesn't isn't a definite that they're out on Anthony, but Anthony just showing up kind of unexpectedly in Chapel Hill this weekend, and then UNC kind of following him around later this week. Uh, that I'm convinced that Anthony at some point is going to commit to Chapel Hill. I think he's I think he's going to North Carolina, and Roy Williams continues this this uh, I guess resurgence where people had kind of criticized him for not landing these big five star guys. Well, now he's kind of flexing his muscles a little bit And you know he's landing Kobe White Nasir Little um, Armando Baycott And now potentially Cole Anthony Which I, I don't know when it'll happen But I unless something crazy happens Which we all know Can absolutely be the case I think Cole Anthony is going to North Carolina <clears throat> uh, According to Duke Basketball Report Isaiah Stewart is down to three uh, This according to A Detroit News article That they quoted Um where Michigan State, Duke, and Washington are Stewart's final three. Uh, Corey Evans, who is a a recruiting analyst for Rivals, uh, is quoted in the story as saying that the commitment could come soon as Stewart is getting tired of the process. Um, The interesting thing here is Duke just beat up Michigan State for Vernon Carey, but uh, people seem to think that Michigan State has the edge here. Washington is an interesting addition. I would have said a couple months ago that I thought Indiana was – Was where he was leading This is an Indiana kid um, Still in the, uh, the Midwest Well, actually he plays in the Midwest He's actually from Rochester, New York Which is where Syracuse comes in They were involved with him originally But now Washington is... In his final three, the obvious connection there is Mike Hopkins, who's the coach at Washington, was Jim Beheim's right hand man and the Syracuse coach, in waiting for a long period of time before he decided to go out west and, and you know and establish his own franchise, which he's doing very well at Washington. Washington made a great hire there. Um, we'll see where this goes. I think you know I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'm, it's going to be Michigan State, I think. It just makes too much sense for it not to be Michigan State. As far as stylistically, geography, um, I, just, I just think it's going to be Michigan State. Uh, injuries. Big injury report this week. Uh, some of it bad, some of it nonspecific. Evan Cole did return for Georgia Tech yesterday. Missed the previous five games with an ankle injury. He played... Four or five minutes, scored four points. He'd been out since the Tennessee game uh, where he turned that ankle. Kei Clark has a hairline fracture in his left wrist. Uh, This is the freshman Virginia point guard that I have been touting for weeks. Uh, He's going to have surgery today, which today is Monday. Uh, He apparently suffered the injury in the Morgan State game. He played through it yesterday against VCU and had one of the greatest reverse layups I've seen in the last five years. And played well. I mean, the the kid played really well. I don't know if he took a hit in that game that you know made him think, okay, you know, I gotta I gotta get this under control. Um, did see a couple things on Twitter last night. You know, four to six seems to be kind of where we're at, which puts him back in February. So <clears throat> you know, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how he heals, and uh, you know, hopefully he comes back. He's been a major part. Of, of what Virginia's been able to do now As far as what it does to Virginia I mean it's just caused some shifting around In their in their lineup um, You know Ty Jerome will go back to playing the point guard role The full time And you know you'll probably see Braxton Key Mamadi, Mamadi Diakite And some other guys just kind of step in there And play some more minutes than they typically have been This year You know that's, that's a big hole As Clark was playing 33, 36, 38 minutes a game um, You know I, I Look, Tony Bennett's going to coach up Whoever's in that game Braxton Key finally hit a three yesterday Looked decent, I guess Uh, Diakite looked really good yesterday Especially in the second half He had a couple moments But, uh, you know, Virginia's going to be fine Uh, Markel Johnson only played 17 minutes In the Western Carolina game Now, he did tweak his ankle In the Vanderbilt game um, in their previous contest, so he may have just been taking it easy. North Carolina State does have ten days off uh, before their next game, so you know in a game where they just blew out Western Carolina, that this could have been a precautionary move. Um, and kind of a scary thing: Marquise Reed, Clemson's uh, All-Conference guard, had an MRI on his knee and missed the Mississippi State game the other night. Uh, the results showed just a sprain, uh, nothing season-threatening. Uh, he suffered the injury in the St. Peter's game in their previous contest as well, so. Not sure how long he's going to be out. I didn't see a time frame on that. But it's good to know that it's just a sprain, which is not great news because those things can linger instead of – but when you compare it to the possibility of an ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, things like that, then, you know, certainly good news for Clemson as they they exhale a a deep breath. And Phil Cofer was cleared to practice this week. Uh, He's on pace to make his season debut possibly in the Seminoles next game, which is uh, Southeast Missouri State. That's not a definite – uh, their next two games, Southeast Missouri State and North Florida, which would be nice to get Kofer in there, kind of get him acclimated. You don't want to throw him in there against whoever their first ACC game is. I don't have it right in front of me, but North Carolina State, where you're going to run 1,000 miles an hour the whole game. So, you know, you bring him back slowly. It's a foot injury, which can always be finicky. Um, and and we'll see what happens. But, you know, Kofer coming back is big for a team that's already ranked inside the top 15. they uh, their top 14 Ken Palm team. They've already got some big wins this year. And this just makes them better, deeper, more versatile. Uh, gives Leonard Hamilton options as far as what he can throw at you for lineups. So, you know, the you know strong team gets stronger. Uh, the other thing real quick. Boston College and Texas A&M had a game scheduled for yesterday or Saturday. Uh, this game was canceled due to a mechanical problem with Boston College's charter flight. And then there was weather issues in Texas. Um, the game will not be made up. And the funny thing here is uh, Texas A&M was... Released a statement in which they said they were perplexed as to why Boston College wouldn't travel Mechanical issues with an airplane Okay That's all that needs to be said Four words I mean give me a break It's a basketball game at the end of the day Okay These guys are traveling whatever it is 500 miles an hour You know, 3,000, whatever it is. I've never been on a plane because I'm scared to death of heights. But 30,000 feet in the air, traveling 700 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't want any mechanical issues. I don't even want any questions as to the integrity of my airplane. Okay? It's a basketball game. Get over yourself. Um, It doesn't sound like uh, Texas A&M was really happy about it. And it doesn't sound like Boston College really gives a shit. So... You know, strength of schedule wise, that could hurt, especially in the out of conference. Um, That was a win that Boston College obviously could have used. I think they probably would have got boat raced in the game. But, uh, you know, you never know. Um, We'll see what happens, I guess. We'll see if, you know, if uh, Boston College comes up with um, one win shy on their resume for getting in the NIT or the the dance this year, then they may regret that decision. But at the same time, you got to keep the kids safe. So, moving on to the week in review. Uh, first team up is Duke. They beat Hartford 84-54. to RJ Barrett with 27 points, 15 rebounds. Zion with a double-double, 18-12 as well. You know, Duke had 16 offensive rebounds, turned Hartford over 21 times. Um, I didn't watch more than a few minutes of this game. It was pretty dunk-happy, which makes me happy. But uh, you know Duke plays some tough games. Then when they play tough games, they play real tough games. When they play cupcakes, they play cupcakes, baby. They're picking out. Um, they defeated Yale as well this week, ninety-one to fifty-eight. Bear with thirty more points. Uh, Duke held Mieone, which I don't know if you guys know who this kid is. Maybe the best player in the Ivy League. Um, that's certainly up for debate. But uh, really good player. He was in the. Uh, he's been in the tournament last year. I Got to watch him play quite a few games actually. Um, he had uh, 12 points in this game. Bear averaged, in these two games, <clears throat> 28.5 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. And that's you know shooting 57.5% from the floor, 46% from deep. I've been saying it the last couple shows. When he gets right, Duke is really going to start to roll. And I think we're seeing, you know, he's starting to put it together right before conference play. And, you know. You gotta hate to see that if you're the ACC. You know, you were thinking maybe he'd be down, stay at that 32 percent, 31 percent from three. Now his season average is up to around 38. Just like I said last week, I thought I'd see it around 36, 37 percent. Um, he's bringing everything up, shooting a little bit better from the free throw line. Certainly shooting better in overall field goal percentage. RJ Barrett starting to come alive, and everybody else better take notice because now Cam Reddish is kind of struggling. I think he was one for nine the other day on the, in the Yale game from deep. When these three guys all play well on the same night, a la that first night against Kentucky, you can expect to see results like the Kentucky game, but you're going to see them against teams that aren't as good as Kentucky. Now, Kentucky has showed us that they aren't as good as we originally thought. But when you're talking about Duke playing that type of basketball against this Clemson team, this Notre Dame team, uh, Miami, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech. Holy shit. I mean, there's going to be some egregious-looking scores in the ACC if Duke has those three guys when they're all clicking. It's going to be insane. Um UNC this week only played one game since last Tuesday. They defeat uh, North Carolina Wilmington 97-69. to UNC kind of went ballistic in the second half. I think they put up 55 or 57 points, something like that. Cam Johnson 21, Nasir Little off the bench, uh, 14-5. and Luke May with 11-9. and This game could have been a lot worse. Um, I watched it not with the... You know, I watched a little bit of it the first time it was on and I went back and watched the replay a day later. I just wanted to see how... You know, they were defending ball screens. How, you know, see if guys are improving one on one. Um, that's, I think, I honestly think that's why Nasir Little isn't playing more minutes. His on the ball defense has been not fantastic. Um, he's only shooting about 27% from three. So I think, you know, if he shores up those two areas, I mean, he's an effort guy. He's going to get you weak side blocks, he's going to get you rebounds. He had five boards in this game in like 17 minutes. Um, he's going to get you the hustle, the breakaway, the, the, the sports center highlights. But it's, uh, it's the, the peripherals, I guess The, the intermediary stuff that, That's the wrong word for that But, um, you know, the stuff in the middle You know, the, you got the talent and the box score but then there's like the floor game. Um, I think you know the one-on-one defense is, is something that he's really gonna have to tighten up. And I, you know, obviously he has the size, the length, the athleticism. It's just a matter of improving your footwork and you know knowledge, uh, maybe watching tape or, or whatever it takes. But uh, you know he'll, he's gonna get there. And like I said, by mid-January you'll see the star in him come out. Um, this game could have been, like I said, a lot worse. UNC shot six of 24 from deep and 17 of 28 from the line. So this could have been a 50-point game um UNCW obviously missing the Kevin Keats era a lot uh Virginia Tech uh, they they beat VMI 89-68 Justin Robinson 18 points 5 assists 3 rebounds they also defeat South Carolina State 81 to 44 uh you know you know it's not worth watching all of these games Kerry Blackshear though Is something you guys need to take notice I've been hammering on this kid for a year and a half Or a year Okay, I've only been doing the podcast for a year So Kerry Blackshear Last four games 29.8 minutes played Awesome That's what we need to see That's what That's what Buzz I did it again Buzz Williams I say Peterson every I don't know why I got Buzz Peterson on my mind 29.8 minutes per game He's averaging 13 points, 8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and 1.3 blocks. That's over his last four games. That's the carry black share that we're expecting coming into the season. That's the carry black share I expected second half of last season. Uh staying out of foul trouble, staying on the court. He's even blocking a couple shots here and there. He's shooting 62.5% from deep in his last few games. Um, you know, this is the guy I've been waiting for. This is the guy that makes Virginia Tech an elite eight team. Those guards, that big man, Uh, P.J. Horn off the bench which (laughs) somebody sent me a picture the other day apparently I tweeted during the Virginia Tech game I can't remember it must have been during the VMI game but uh, I tweeted out that P.J. Horn was one of the most uh, uh, Important uh, Bench players in the ACC and apparently that made the big screen uh, During the game at Blacksburg which was pretty cool Um one other note, Nikhil Alexander Walker, haven't talked about him in a couple podcasts, on the season, 17.7 points, 4.6 rebounds, four assists, two and a half steals per game on the season. That's not his last two games. That's through nine games in the season. Okay. Virginia Tech eight and one. And I'm gonna talk about Virginia Tech at the end of the show. And it's going to have a different tone to it. But we're going to get there in just a minute. North Carolina State defeats Western Carolina 100-67. I did not watch this game. Devin Daniels had 21. Western Carolina had 33 turnovers. That's why I didn't watch this game. Uh, Louisville defeats Central Arkansas 86-41. to Jordan Awara, my guy, 21 points. VJ King came off the bench in this game. Had 17, 6, and 4 assists. Nice. That's what we're waiting for, buddy. That's what we want to see. That's what makes Louisville potentially a a tournament team. Not a second weekend team, but a tournament team. VJ King putting it together, okay? That would make sense. Why? Because the ACCBR curse is alive and well, folks. I don't know if you guys have been following me on Twitter at PCON36. This is the first week of the season that I voted for somebody other than Kansas in my vote for the Rockin' 25 pool, and I put Gonzaga. What happened? They lost. Okay, I've been talking about Kei Clark for weeks. He goes out and breaks his wrist. Okay, guys, making me look bad. I am the biggest mush in college basketball. It's it's undebatable. It's un, it's undeniable. It's unbelievable um, the effect that I have, which is crazy because the only thing that I talk shit about that never improves is Georgia Tech basketball. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they then fall to Indiana in Bloomington at Assembly Hall, 68-67 Louisville led this whole game. They were up at the half. They were they were up the whole game. Um, you could feel it, though. Um, Romeo Langford, I don't remember him doing anything spectacular. Uh, Robert Finnessy played well, I thought. Uh, Jawan Morgan played pretty well. He had some things that left me scratching my head a little bit. But, um, you know, Jordan Noor twenty four and 14 in this game. Um, Louisville just needs a point guard in the worst kind of way. You know, I thought Darius Perry was sh- making strides. no. Kwan 4's athletic. You know, he's, he's good on the defensive end. Eh, I'm not going to play him more than 20 minutes a game. Christian Cunningham's probably their best option right now. But he just, eh. You know, he, there was a couple opportunities to push the ball in this game, and he chose not to. Um, you know, I just, he, he's okay. He's fine. Okay. Um, but, you know, Nora puts up numbers, but he's a little... I don't know, he, he doesn't, I don't know, there's something about his game that he, he doesn't take over games, I guess, but then you look at the stat sheet, and he's he's got all kinds of points and all kinds of rebounds, but I, I think that, say, this sounds kind of stupid, but you put Markel Johnson on this team, oh, oh my god, but again, you put Markel Johnson on any team, and they're instantly better, but say like a Jose Alvarado, put a Jose Alvarado on this Louisville team, oh, they're their tournament they tournament ready. They're good to go. Um, you know, and I'm not sure that, that they have that in any one of these three point guards. It's kind of a a gap year, you know, and, until the guys get there next year. Um yeah, I mean Cunningham, I guess, is your best option. Perry maybe had a couple um, aberrations, a couple of nice games where I thought he was making strides, but that doesn't seem to be the case. He made a couple foolish plays in this game and and didn't see a whole lot of time. Uh, Wake Forest destroys Charlotte, and uh, well, I mean, eighty to fifty-six. Olivier Sar came off the bench in this game, had fourteen and nine. Okay, fourteen and nine in twenty minutes. He also had four fouls. <laughs> Just the, the guy, I don't know what it is. The kid just can't stop fouling. He, he's taking the trophy from Kerry Blackshear and he's, he's putting his name on it. Uh, I thought Isaiah Musius was awesome in this game. Um, that was the only game on that night from the ACC, so I decided to watch it. You show me 93 better recruits in the 2018 class than Isaiah Musius. The kid can play ball. Um, and it seems like nobody knows who it is. Uh, he, he's still coming off the bench. Um, this is why talent evaluation is so important in the college basketball game. He was rated number 94 in the 2018 class. Um, that's, that's incredible. There's not 93 players in the 2018 class better than Isaiah Mucius. No way. And he's playing for a team that doesn't run an offense. He's playing, a team with no, he's playing for a team with no structure. He's probably not getting coached up at Wake Forest. Imagine this kid at Louisville playing for Chris Mack. And Dino Gaudio, and you know, imagine him playing, shit. Imagine playing at Pitt for Jeff Capel, and the way that those guys have bought in to what Jeff Jeff Capel's selling, with his his staff, with three former D one coaches on it, including his brother. Which, but hey, imagine this kid on any other team in the ACC that has a coach. It's incredible. This kid. It sucks that, you know, him and him and Hordeville, which Hord's a one and done, but Mucius is a two- or three-year guy, and he's going to be wasted in Winston-Salem. Um, Florida State defeats UConn 79-71. Terrence Mann was awesome down the stretch in the second half. Finished with 20 points, nine rebounds. He did turn the ball over six times, which... Like I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that here at the end of the at the end of the podcast as well uh, Mufiandu Cavangeli was he, you know, he carried Florida State in the first half. He was shooting threes He was driving a lane. He was putting shots back off the offensive glass I mean, he was incredibly had 13 first-half points. Uh, Trent Force did not play well um, uh, You know, but hey Trent Forrest usually does play well, so I'm not worried about it. He'll bounce back um and as I said, this team's going to get stronger here in the next couple weeks when Phil Gopher comes back. Pitt goes down to West Virginia. They do lose the backyard brawl, sixty nine fifty nine. They did. They were down twelve at the half. They hung with Virginia in the second half and actually outscored them thirty two to thirty. They didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, you know, I thought that they played really hard in the second half. And you know, Virginia is West Virginia is not an easy place to play. I mean, those people are fucking crazy. Uh, Xavier Johnson with twenty one. Jared Wilson frame did not shoot well. Two of eight from deep. Uh, Sags Kanate of note uh, became a career leader in blocks at West Virginia with 191. He had seven in this game. So I'm watching that game and I'm watching Pitt play hard, and I'm amazed that a team coached by J- Jeff Capel looks as good as they do sometimes. Sometimes they look like freshmen, which they are, you know, freshmen in JUCOs, and sometimes they look like they're playing hard and they might pull some stuff out of their ass. So anyway, I'm watching Kanate block seven shots, which his athleticism is absolutely insane. Um, and I decided to look up some shot blocks. 191 seemed low to me for a West Virginia program that has always prided itself on on um, defense. You know, before Huggins is a beeline. So, you know, looking up uh, block numbers, Alvin Jones for Georgia Tech, his career number is 425. <laughs> this is a kid I watched When I grew up Some of you guys may not know Who Alvin Jones is um, Another guy that I looked up Was Eton Thomas Who was a big man For Syracuse A four year player His career number Is 424 <laughs> This is absolutely crazy I, You know It's just It's weird that I mean There was Sags Kanate Has 191 blocks For his career I think both Jones And Thomas Had three seasons A piece At which they blocked More than 100 shots So That you know they're just That's just crazy numbers and tells you kind of where the game is these days but the, And how it's changed Notre Dame uh, goes to Westwood and falls to UCLA at Pauley Pavilion 65-62 Chris Wilkes hit a three to win the game with one second left um, You know a lot of people talking shit on Twitter about the Irish after this game. This is a young team. This is a good road test for them to go all the way across the all well, halfway across the country and, and play at UCLA. Um, you know, Gibbs and Hub did not play well. Six of twenty six for the game. You know, it, it, UCLA blew a big lead in this game. Notre Dame came back a little bit. Uh, I think that was fourteen at one point. Um, you know, DJ Harvey took to Twitter to defend his teammates after the game. Some people talking shit about how these freshmen are garbage. Um, that's that's a garbage take, frankly. Um, they're still freshmen, okay? It's the four top 100 freshmen. Plus, you got Harvey coming back from a knee injury. You got John Mooney who's going from a stretch forward to a true pivot. I mean, if you're a Notre Dame fan and you're talking shit about these freshmen right now, get a fucking life and, and take a long walk off a short bridge. Um, This is absolutely foolishness Notre Dame, like I said, we'll see what they are in mid-January Because that's that's when it's going to happen You can't just play six, seven, eight games And expect these freshmen to get acclimated You can't expect them to travel halfway across the country After they were just in New York City And then go to LA And play what was a top 25 team a week ago If you're, I guess, if you're an AP guy And they played well They lost at the buzzer Shit So, moving on Clemson Uh, Falls to Mississippi State 82-71 to No Marquise Reed for Clemson Like I said before Amir Sims did step up He had 23 Elijah Thomas had 18 Shelton Mitchell did not play well Has not played well in quite a while Mississippi State hit 19 threes Which is a program record Um, They were making everything Pulling up on the break Step backs Off the dribble Off the pass Didn't matter Lamar Stevens hit big triple After big triple All night long Uh, You know as soon as Clemson Would cut it to five or six They'd hit a triple it, it was unbelievable. I, I don't know if I've ever shoot, seen a shooting display like that. Um, the Weatherspoon kid was making a couple. Uh, Eric Holman, I think, made five or six threes. Um, but Stevens, Stevens was where it was at. I mean, he, I think he had six. Six in the first half. And he came out in the second half, got a touch, drilled the first one from the top of the key or from the elbow. And I'm like... What do you do? How do you defend that? I mean, when the kids, he just kept taking heat check threes and he was still hot. It was was unbelievable. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Now, people ask me if I'm worried about Clemson. Okay, they asked me on ACC Nation last week. Still no, I'm not. Mississippi State just had 19 threes in a game. Okay, Marquise Reed, your best player, and all-conference guard, did not play. Um, Clemson still had many opportunities to win this game. Uh, had the ball bounced right, if they'd given given a break, anything. Shelton Mitchell played like Shelton Mitchell. Okay, this is a different game. This could be a Clemson win. Um, you know what I am worried about is the health of Marquise Reed. Now, if he's going to miss an extended period of time, that obviously changes things. Uh, sprained knee. They've got some time off. It's finals week. Hopefully, he can get healthy. But sh- you know, Marquise Reed, you can't understate the impact that that had on this game. I mean, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in, let's say, the Eastern Time Zone. Definitely the ACC. Um, he's probably going to put Lamar Stevens on his ass at one point in this game. You know, Stevens comes out, hits seven, eight threes. Shit. Um, you know, maybe Mississippi State's better than I thought. I don't think they are, but I think they're a first weekend team still. That's why they're always like twenty-two or twenty-three in my in my poll voting. But Clemson, I I'm not worried yet. I will be if Marquis Reed is actually injured and is gonna miss an extended period of time. So we'll see what happens there. Georgia Tech defeats Florida AM yesterday, 73 to 40. Uh, freshman Khalid Moore, perfect six of six in the field, had a career high 14 points. Brandon Austin had 15 points. You know, Georgia Tech is now the number six team in the country in defending the three-point line at 25%, something like that. AM, a sh- a team that shoots it pretty well. Uh, 37 percent on the season from deep. Shot two of 11 in this game. Um, G Tech was up on them so deep that they couldn't even get their threes away. Only shot 11. Um, this is a team that lives and dies by the three for the most part. And the McFarland kid did not play well. Did not shoot it well. Um, you know, for the most part, Georgia Tech played pretty decent in this game. Moses Wright, you know, tried to showboat a little bit and missed a breakaway dunk, which it's embarrassing that you know. But similar to the Alteric Gilbert UConn dunk a few weeks ago. But, you know, I, I said it in last week's show. Khalid Moore looks like he is what everybody wants Moses Wright to be. And I think it's time that more Moore's outplayed him. Moses Wright has not impressed me in a year and a half that he's been there. Now, he's still green. Green is baby shit. Um, but Khalid Moore looks like he's there. Okay? Um, now... Georgia Tech I think at some point you got to you know I see some some people yesterday talking this is a good win good win for Georgia. No it's not. It's a game that you should win by 33. Okay, if you're an ACC program, you don't you don't there's no praise. You don't see me on the message board yesterday talking about how that's a great win. It's a must win. <laughs> that's what that is, okay. Florida and AM, one of the worst teams, one of the worst programs in the country. All right. And there was times in the second half Where G Tech looked like they were coasting And I think uh, At one point they cut the lead Down to 29-51 Which sounds, it's 22 points You know, on a team that can shoot threes And hadn't shot well all day They get heated up, that's, you know, it's 15 and you start looking at the score but like, oh shit, and then it's 10 It doesn't take long for a team that can shoot And Georgia Tech, in my opinion Still has not put two good halves together um, you know, you gotta you beat Florida a by 50 and This is a young, this is a rebuilding team I get, I get that, I understand that And I know a couple of you G Tech fans Are screaming at you That I'm a malcontent, that I'm a pessimist It's fine We're getting excited about beating Florida a by 33 Didn't Play great in the second half And we got nothing coming in in 2019 Anyway, let's get off this soapbox Virginia Last team on the review defeats VCU yesterday 57 49. Virginia held uh, Commonwealth to eight points in the last nine minutes of the game. Um, you know, not Virginia's best showing. This is the game, okay? This is the type of game that Virginia haters always point to. Well, Virginia still won the game. Um, you know, Kyle Guy played well in the first half. Ty Jerome played, meh. Nah. Um, Kei Clark made one of the most spectacular plays I've seen this season. Um, Amadi Diakite, like I said, made a couple back-to-back baskets in the second half that kind of got that crowd jacked. You know, Jack Salt out there just screening people. Braxton Key hitting threes. It is what it is. Virginia win. Okay, still winning. Okay. I I mean, I don't know how to put it. Winning basketball. I mean, if you're if you're if you're griping about style, I would rather win. I would rather win ugly than lose pretty. Every, every day of the week. And just because you don't score a lot of points doesn't mean you're not playing good basketball. Virginia plays good basketball. Virginia shoots the ball well, Virginia rebounds the ball well, they set screens well, they 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 read defensive screens well, or they say they read screens on offense well. I mean, they have a big point guard. This is Ty Jerome's team, absolutely 100% without question his team right now. He's the leader and he's he might be yeah. I'm gonna say it. Okay, Ty Jerome's best college basketball player on this team. Okay, we all know DeAndre Clark is, or DeAndre Hunter is the best pro prospect. Ty Jerome's best college basketball player on this team right now. I don't think that's, just, I don't think it's debatable. Um, you could take DeAndre Hunter off this team and they'd still be pretty good. You could take Kyle Guy off this team, they'd still be pretty good. I'm not sure you take Ty Jerome off this team and they're still top five team. So you take that for what it's worth. Which, by the way. <clears throat> All you Virginia fans would giving me shit before the season when I said Cam Johnson was better than Kyle Guy. Where you at? All right. Uh, moving in. Wrapping this show up. The last segment of the show. How am I doing on time here? I feel like I went short. Yeah, 35 minutes. It's about right. Uh, ACCBR Player of the Week. This was easy this week. RJ Barrett. Um, gave the stats earlier, but 28 and a half points. 19 of 33 from the field, 13 of 19 from the line, 6 of 13 from deep. Also averaged 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 total turnovers. You know, Duke isn't playing anybody the last 3 games, but uh it doesn't matter. Stats are stats. This kid's putting up crazy numbers. Um I'd like to see, you know, like I said when they play up, they play way up. Um, when they play down, they play garbage. You know, Hartford, Stetson, whatever. But nobody else is putting up these numbers. So that's the ACCBR BR Player of the Week Stock watch <laughs> What am I selling this week Well I'll tell you what I'm selling I'm selling Virginia Tech schedule um, You want to know that why this program Underachieves in the ACC Seemingly every year Under Buzz Williams Out of conference Ken Palm rankings This is this is what they put Gardner-Webb, 193 Ball State, 111 Northeastern, 96 Eh Purdue, 15. Okay, it's legit. St. Francis, PA, 209. Penn State, 42. A true road game, which they lost. Central Connecticut State, 260. Virginia Military Institute, 321. South Carolina State, 341. Now... That's what they've played so far They get Washington next on a neutral floor Which Washington is number 51 in the country But they've showed a couple times Where they may not be exactly what we thought they were To start the year Um, Then, after, you know Washington's 51, that's legit North Carolina A&T 323 Maryland Eastern Shore 348, then ACC play That schedule that I just ran down You know, outside of Purdue And, fuck Penn State, eh, it's one of the worst Power 5, Power 6 schools, programs. You know, so basically you've got Washington, Purdue, and Penn State. Now, those are fine. Okay, those are good tune-up games for the ACC. The problem is when you, you, you get way up for Purdue. Okay, you get way up for Purdue, and then you play St. Francis. Okay, so then you play down to that competition. And then you go on the road to Penn State, which is a power six school. Okay. I mean, one of the worst ones, but okay. And you lose. Shit. Why? Why? Because you just played St. Francis, Pennsylvania when you didn't have to. When you didn't, you know, it's a walker. You just rolled over a team. You play That doesn't teach you how to win. It teaches you how to play half speed and beat a team by 40. Okay. And then what happens? Penn State comes out at home in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and they get hot they smack you in the mouth a little bit. What do you do? You fold. You lose. A game you should win. And then what do you do? You go out and you play Central Connecticut State, Virginia Military Institute, South Carolina State. Now you're going to play Washington on a neutral floor. Virginia Tech's going to lose that game. Okay? Virginia, that's they, have, they I'm telling you right now, Virginia Tech's going to lose that game to Washington. And then they go out and they play number 323 and 348. And then they go to the ACC. You don't think they're going to struggle against those two? They they get Georgia Tech in Atlanta, the third game of the ACC slate. Watch out for that game. Because I just told you guys, Georgia Tech, number six team in the country in defending the three, okay? They're going to pound the ball to James Banks. James Banks is going to put Kerry Blackshear in foul trouble. What are you going to do then? I'm not saying Georgia Tech ain't going to, is going to win the game, but I bet if the spread is more than eight, G Tech – G Tech covers easily we're gonna see what happens but uh, you know Virginia Tech I, I think they just they don't you know Syracuse gets away with it why because that zone okay they never leave New York they never leave the Northeast they sneak into the they sneak into the tournament and they put that zone on you and they make it to the sweet 16 okay Virginia Tech plays trash schedules but they're a, a team that their strongest players Suit is their three point shooting, and then you get Ahmed Hill, who just you know pisses his pants and goes over six, and they lose. Okay, so we're, we'll see what happens. Well, I'm just saying that's something that Washington game. I want to see how they perform in that Washington game after playing number two sixty, three twenty one, and three forty one. I want to see how that happens, how that goes. Who am I buying? I'm still buying Florida State. Phil Kofers coming back. Leading lead scorer from last season that's returning. Um, could be, like I said, returning as soon as their next game. This team already has four wins against the Ken Palm Top 80. Okay, They do turn the ball over too much at 22 a game. Or twenty, uh, yeah 22.4, something like that. But they force more turnovers than they actually turn the ball over. So I guess if you win the turnover battle, I can live with it, I guess. They make their free throws. They're one of the top 40 sh- uh, free throw shooting teams in the country. And they have tenacious perimeter defenders in Trent Forrest and uh, this David Nichols kid, the transfer from Albany. Um, I was down on him early in the year. This kid plays great defense on the ball. He, he's the annoying kid at the YMCA that gets off on playing defense. That's David Nichols. Um, I want to thank you guys for joining me. ACCBR number 47. Um, it is a snowy, rainy, sleety, shitty day in the triangle. We just got hit with the I know some of my uh, some of the guys I work with just got hit with 14 inches. It's craziness. I feel like I'm back in Maine. Not me though. I just got rain. Um, <clears throat> again, don't forget like, rate, review, share, subscribe, uh, retweet. L- you know, leave me a review. I love reviews. I love reviews. I love five star reviews. I love the emails you guys send me because they're hilarious. All right, uh, accbasketballreport basketball report at gmail.com, at Pico Thirty Six on Twitter. ACC Basketball Report on Facebook, Uh, content for Notre Dame fans, slapthesign.com, which I haven't put anything up in a bit, so maybe I'll do that today. Uh, ACCBasketballReport.com for some content, I've been slacking on that as well. I just like podcasting. I like doing the show. I'm not huge on writing right now. I I go through phases where I'll write something every day, and then I'll go through phases where I don't say anything for two weeks. That's why, hey, I'm still looking for Contributors. You guys want to write? You guys have a passion for ACC basketball? I've tried to recruit some guys that I know that know the game, and they've been a little bit resistant. Some guys just don't like writing. They just don't enjoy it. Um, But if you like writing, you want to get some stuff out there, send me an email. Shoot me a sample. We'll take a look. We'll talk. I just like to get content up. Build the brand, baby. Um, Yeah, I thank you guys for joining me. I'm Michael Hunter. This has been the ACC Basketball Report.